Get ready. It's time for Operation Late Night Excitement. Top rated late night radio. The awesomest night of all time. After dark. It's Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. You deserve a fun night. On KMOX. You're not having a good night over there, are you? Well, I got this thing on the floor over here, and I'm trying to move my chair closer to the microphone, and the thing's on the floor. Something's on the floor? The thing over here. The, what do you call it? So, the, so flo- the, the, the seat pad. Uh-huh. So it's hard to sit in your you chair? You can't scoot over the seat mat, and the seat mat is out. Somebody has moved the seat mat. And could it Could it be something that you've done? No, I didn't move the seat mat. I haven't been here since Friday. Yeah. Somebody today moved the seat mat. So prior to today's show, uh, Hancock and Kelly, we went and played snooker together. We did. And uh, go ahead. Well, I was, uh, you know, <clears throat> went pretty well. Yeah. So John wound up beating me in snooker, what, 3-1? 3-1. to 3-1, to one, yeah. Well, we played with... Um, Simon the Ukrainian. Yeah, Simon. The, you think he's Ukrainian? Well, that's where he said he's from. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, unless he's lying about it. Well, he wouldn't lie about that. And he, I mean, he seems very Ukrainian to me. How would you know? Well, you talk to him and you look at him. What, what would be the difference between, like, Ukrainian and, I don't know, Russian? Well, the Russians are the aggressors, and the Ukrainians are fighting for their freedom. No, I understand, but, I mean, in terms of being a descendant, uh, it's pretty much the same language, right? Uh, similar. Yeah. Oh, you you think Ukrainians speak different than Russians well, They do? speak Ukrainian. They don't speak Russian? Well, they speak Russian as well. It's like uh, here. You speak, you know, Spanish and English. Huh. <clears throat> well, anyway, so Simon was there as well, and we played with him. I think I beat him a couple times. What'd you? How'd you do? Uh, he beat me uh, twice, and I beat him once. Yeah. Yeah, and then th- this is where I'm trying to get with this is uh, Matt, Matt Pajeski behind the board for us as he typically is on Monday evenings. So, Matt, we uh, hop in the car. There's like four turns to get to downtown St. So Louis. So we're coming from a place I've never come to the States. Well, that's not true, but I've never come at night from this place before. So he gets on Highway 270. You turn left, and f- I missed every light. First so, of all, Kelly pulls out. He hits the first light, boom, he's gone. Clean living room. I miss the first light. Yeah. I sit, and I sit, and I sit, and then mm-hmm. I miss the second light. Yeah. And then I miss the third light. And then I miss the fourth light. It was unbelievable. Could you believe that the roads were still full of snow, too? Did you notice that on Olive Street Road there when we were out west of uh, no. St. Louis County? Yeah, no. You didn't notice. There was no, I didn't. But know. but he didn't notice. Here's where I'm getting. You got you to focus. To get downtown, he gets on Highway 270. He gets on Highway 40, takes Highway 40 all the way to downtown St. Louis. Yeah. Highway 40, I think we can agree, is a fairly large thoroughfare, correct? Like, it's yeah. not something that just sneaks up on you. And, uh, John, what happened? Well, I, um, I'm i driving there, and I, I never go east on 40 when I'm coming down 270. Because I, I live west. I go west on 40. And I, well, you know, to go west, you're, you need to be in the right lane. Mm-hmm. To go east, you need to be in the left lane. Okay, That's basic driving, Michael. And uh, he's going to give me a lesson. Wait till you hear what he did. So I'm I'm in I'm in the exit lane there, and uh, it's just one exit lane. So and it's the right lane. I'm thinking, oh, well, that's going to take me west. I don't want to do that because that would take me out of my way. I'd have to turn around at some point. Now there's and, signs everywhere that say downtown St. Louis this way, St. Charles that so way. So I moved over to the left hand uh-huh. lane, the second of the two turn lanes, uh-huh. except there was only one exit ramp, and that then divided in two. So I found myself on the outside of the Highway 40 uh, on-ramp, on ramp, and I passed it passed it up. Yeah. Now, so, I know my way around town, Michael. No, so. you don't. <laughs> so. You don't know your way out of a paper bag. I don't understand how someone 
who I have like the utmost respect for. Yeah. You you are one of the smartest people I know. I'm not good with directions. You have completely flawed political beliefs, but you 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 have rationalizations for them. But you cannot figure out how to get out of a room without help. So I'm now past Highway 40. I'm beginning to get a little anxious because, you know, we've got to be here at the Voice of St. Louis to talk to all dozen of you people out there. <laughs> and, uh, and so I know that the next exit is Manchester. That's right. Tricky Manchester. What's tricky about it's it? Very tricky. Well, they've changed it all. And, uh, <laughs> and so, but I know that on, on Manchester, if you want to go east or west, I know there's one exit very similar to the Highway 40 <laughs> exit that okay. I just passed up. So I uh, there I am. I'm on the exit ramp. There it is, Manchester Boulevard. And I know I need to go east because east is how you get back on 270, and 270 is how you get back on 40. Okay. <clears throat> and I know that the <laughs> east exit on Manchester, because I've done this before, <laughs> is a bifurcated exit, Michael. Yeah, right. You got the left-hand lane <laughs> that's, got a, that's got a median. You don't there. know much. You think you know it's everything, got, but then you're always right wrong. There. And there's a median right there. And then, uh-huh. so, and, then, and then on the other side of the median is where you go. Continue on heading east on Manchester. <laughs> so I thought to myself, I said, this is brilliant. I'm going to get out on this left-hand lane. I don't need to worry about that median on the right side. So I get on the left lane, and I turn left. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I look up, and on the other side of the median, <laughs> there's a sign that says 270 North. Well, I can't get there. And so, but, but, there is a sign that says no left turn directly in front of me. Okay. Aha, I said. I'll bet that sign is there to trick me. Right. That's what they're there for, to trick you. So I said, even though it says no left turn, I'm going to turn left and get back on 270. Yeah. So there I am. No cars coming. I look both ways, twice. I turn left. Violated the law. Suddenly, I'm not on 270. I'm on Manchester heading (laughs) west. (laughs) So you can't get on 270. So, uh... So I called my wife. <laughs> I said, okay, here's my situation. Well, first you called me. Uh, I did. I, I, wanted, I gave you the courtesy of letting you know I might be a bit tardy this evening. Okay. Because um, we were just together. Right. Go ahead. Until you made the lights, and I missed the lights. And so <laughs> I'm on Manchester heading west, which could take me home if I wanted to. Right. By the way, it's Phil Collins' birthday. We're going to play some take me home later. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't going home. I was coming here to the Voice of St. Louis. And so I uh, I followed the sign that said Manchester East. And I got on Manchester East. And then I'm in the right lane to get on to I-270 North, I believe it was. Except it's an exit-only lane for I-270 <laughs> South. Well, they were going to fool me twice, Michael. Yeah. So I scooted over on the left-hand side. I did not get into an accident. And I got on 270 North and... Here I am. Congratulations. Thank you very so much. So what should have been a, what, a 15-minute stroll from West St. Louis County to yes. downtown St. Louis yes. turned into, what, a 30-minute expedition? Produ- uh, which would have produced some underarm sweat had I not been using the very good Mitchum deodorant. Yeah. Which I think uh, they should be a sponsor of this show. Well. Do you ever use the Mitchum deodorant, Michael? No. It's amazing, this stuff. And, and I mean, when you, you're you not sweating? There's no sweat anywhere. Well, I'll tell you what's fraudulent hmm. is the Boy Scouts... Orienteering badge. I've got the orienteering merit badge. Now, all the good people of St. Louis just heard you describe your inability to deal with 40 I was in Manchester, maybe two of the largest thoroughfares the in the St. Louis area. When, when, you're, when you're a borderline Mensa, 
<laughs> you, 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 have, you have a tendency to overthink th- things. And I was overthinking the entrance to Highway 40 as we, as we were going there. He's John Hancock. I'm Michael Kelly. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll have John Hancock Jr., the our Sports, Sports Insider. I have been thinking all evening about how to best say this. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly on King of OS. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm going to change. That's life. And life happened just yesterday in the National Football League. Joining us right now to talk about everything we saw, the amazing things, the mundane things, the boring things, the exciting things. Brought to you by the NFC and AFC Championship game. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our Cable X Sports Insider, John Hancock from Chicago, Illinois. John, how are you? I'm doing good, and you know, that is life. 0-2 oh, on my predictions. I've been <laughs> stellar. You know, the viewers, the listeners, they expect better, and I'm disappointed. I'll, I'll own up to that. I'll own up to that. Even Phil Mickelson misses a bet every now and then. You know, I was with you, though, Junior. I thought uh, the Niners and um, the Bengals would both win. Yeah, well, it helps to have a quarterback in the Niners' case. Yeah, how about that, man? What yeah, they... you really can't blame yourself on that deal. I mean, uh, when when Brock Purdy went down, I never heard of Josh Johnson before. I, I had to look him up. I couldn't believe that was the same Josh Johnson that you know had been all around the league. I remember him with the uh, Redskins before they were the Commanders. That's how. Wow. That's how he's been with thirteen teams. I think four leagues: the USFL, the XFL, the AFL. He's been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we should have played Johnny Cash instead of Frank Sinatra coming in here. So, uh, yeah, let's. I'm going to set the 49er Eagle game aside because that was and it was disappointing. Yeah, yeah, it was a boring game. game. It was a horrible game. Uh, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Two interceptions by Joe Burrow, who some <clears throat> have suggested might be the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, didn't look that way yesterday. Well, like, here's the thing. The second interception was basically a punt. Honestly, probably pinned him deeper than they would have had with the punt return. Uh, but Joe Burrow, you got to consider the fact that his offensive line was absolutely abysmal. It was Swiss cheese. The Chiefs were just pouring in there. I really don't even, if you take out the first quarter, Joe Burrow played a great game. And if he had a fifth quarter, like the Chiefs had a few fifth downs on those third and nines that kept getting replayed, I think this game ends differently. Well, it may, it may have, and but you know the O line looked very good against the Buffalo Bills, and that's a good defense. Well, yeah, but the, there was also a lot of snow that was keeping the defenders from really. getting... So they couldn't dig in. You're exactly. suggesting, uh, whereas the Chiefs and the scheme that Steve Spagnola came up with for the Chiefs, you give credit where it's it, due. It was a good. Yeah, scheme. and how frustrating is that? See, Steve Spagnola being able to stifle this Bengals offense, and he's. Uh, Part of the reason that we don't have a football team anymore. <laughs> he was a nice guy, though. I got well, yeah, no, so, so was Jeff Fisher. <laughs> no, he wasn't. So, uh, <laughs> how do you how do you look at the Super Bowl matchup now? You've got the Philadelphia Eagles, who 
the entire season, people have been saying, you know, poo-pooing the Eagles, saying it's not for real, it's not for real, they're not for real. Well, they're going to the Super Bowl uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, who I still continue to believe have some real holes on that defense. Yeah, you know, they're rookies. They have a lot of rookies, uh, the Chiefs do, and they've continued to get better over the season. Uh, and they did step up in a big way, a big way yesterday. Mahomes, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due. That was a dog performance by him. Uh, that was the most Jordan-esque performance he's had in his career, and he's had quite a few of them. I don't think you can count out the Chiefs. I'm actually, I'm taking the Chiefs with all their injuries, um, even though they're depleted. I'm taking them against the Philadelphia Eagles. What you're really saying is that folks might want to put their money on the Eagles. Well, let's not forget that last year's playoffs, I was undefeated. The Bengals even covered the spread in the Super Bowl. One uh, one week off, you know, you, you could take the Chiefs to the bank. Yeah, well, one week off. It was Championship Sunday, though, that decided who went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, how about that last call? Uh, what a, where the Bengals player winds up pushing yeah, the guy Patrick Mahomes and, and getting an extra 15 yards to kick that field goal. Yeah, He I, just has I, to feel miserable. Yeah, I feel bad for him. He's a rookie. Uh, the refs have to throw that flag. It's you know a tough spot. You don't want to let Mahomes um, stay in bounds, get a few more yards. But at the same time, if he just would have bumped him, I don't think they throw the flag. He did follow through with a push. You hate to see a game end like that. But I unfortunately do think that was the right call there. Yeah, but the guy's running. <clears throat> you know, you've got a defensive player in pursuit. And I don't, don't know that he pushed him so much as he just pu- put his arm out, uh, maybe to brace his own fall. I don't know. <laughs> you hate to see it. What are you, his lawyer? Is that the, <laughs> that's not what it looked like on the TV. He, he went up two-handed, pushed him from no, behind. No, it was one hand. It was one hand. It was one hand. And he was <laughs> it, it was it was decently out of bounds, though, to be fair. Well, yeah, I, I mean, Mahomes did have two feet out of bounds. Okay. Hey. Yeah, he, he sold it. I will say, I'll say that. Let me, let me ask the Sports Insider this one. So, obviously, we had games on the two big networks yesterday, CBS and um, uh, Fox. The the CBS, I mean, Tony Romo and Jim Nance were awesome. I, I didn't much care for the play-by-play in the Fox game. What about you guys? I thought Greg Olson actually did a pretty good job. I liked getting a tight end in there instead of a quarterback for the color guy. I thought it gave a unique perspective, but uh, Maybe yeah, I, didn't wrong. Think, I didn't think it was too bad. I do I do favor Fox's <clears throat> studio show over, totally, over CBS. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no question about that. The officiating, you would think, you coming up to the league championship games, you would have the tip top of the officiating class. And I got to tell you, I was very unimpressed by the officiating. Was that just me or was that an opinion shared by many? Yeah, no, that was an opinion shared by a lot of people. You had NFL rigged trending on Twitter after the game. Uh, the calls, you know, it certainly seems like they were one-sided against the Bengals. You had a roughing the passer on Burrow that wasn't called. You had a couple blocks in the back on the punt return that set them uh, in the position to kick the game-winning field goal. But the Chiefs did have some ticky-tack flags as well that uh, offensive lineman got a taunting penalty for waving his hands in front of his face. That that was you – know, I didn't agree with that one. But the refs definitely were – not great in uh, that game, nor the NFC game. They had the punt that hit the wire they all missed, and then they had that catch uh, by the Eagles on that first drive that very clearly hit the ground. They didn't catch it on the NFL's new replay system. Shanahan didn't throw the flag, but, yeah, it was not a great weekend for the officiating crews. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, well, now we're, what, two weeks away from Super Bowl. We'll have a week off next week, so all the storylines start. 
One of the storylines is Dick Vermeil. He was the uh, Super Bowl winning coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he also. I don't think he won with the Eagles. I I do believe he won. I, with the I Eagles. think he took him to the Super Bowl, but John Madden's Raiders beat him. Really? If memory serves, I could be wrong. Let's go to PJ in the research department, but I think I'm right about that. I, I think the only Super Bowl Vermeil ever won was right here in St. Louis. Is that right? Yes. Okay, I apologize. False <clears throat> information. And, well, then he has something in common. He also, when he was in Kansas City, well, was unable to win a Super Bowl. But uh, where do you think Dick Vermeil is going to be on uh, on this, this, this matchup? Uh, your guess on that is as good as mine. He's a little bit before my time. He's an eagle. Uh, you don't li- remember Dick Vermeil? He remembers. No, I, I, I remember when he was the coach, but uh, you know, prior to that, yeah, that well Super be, Bowl yeah. I want to say was like 1978 when he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Yeah, might as well be Al Kalon. <laughs> I saw him too. Uh, so, but Vermeil's heart is in Philadelphia. You think? Yes, I think he still lives in Philadelphia, and uh, so he'll be rooting for the Eagles. I predict. And now Andy Reid also coached the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. and now he's coaching he fired the, by the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Andy Reid, by the way, uh, bears a striking resemblance to the 22nd and 24th president of the United States. Did you know that? Uh, Grover Cleveland. Yes. Look up Grover Cleveland. Look up Andy Reid. You will be amazed. You did. That was free. Grover Cleveland walked around with a headset on back in the day. No, but he had the the, the kind of walrus looking thing with the mustache (laughs) going on. Yeah, that's that's actually a shockingly accurate, accurate pull there. Yeah, don't. You're not going to get. You may get me on directions, Kelly, but you'll never never get me on presidents. So, Junior, here we are, two weeks out. Uh, we're going to let you revise your prediction next week. I think the Eagles are a two and a half point favorite. Um, what's your take? Yeah, you know the Eagles. They have a great offensive line. They have a great defensive line. But look at what's happened with the NFL the past few years. It's all about the quarterback and Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts. Mm. I don't know how you go against Mahomes here. I mean, he has the yeah. experience. You can't discount that. This Eagles team is almost completely rebuilt from when they won the Super Bowl a few years back against Brady and the Patriots. They played Daniel Jones and Josh Johnson, and I guess Brock Purdy without an arm. They haven't really played anyone. <laughs> they had the easiest schedule over the entire season. Yeah. There's a reason people have doubted this team, and they haven't played anyone to really prove it. So I, I I don't know how you go. And, and Hurst did not exactly light up the no, universe yesterday. No, not at all. He, I was not impressed. And he was benched by uh, for Tua Tuivaloa back in Alabama. People forget that. Right? And it is funny now. You see Alabama, they're trying to claim Jalen Hurts, even though they benched him <laughs> and he transferred to Oklahoma. But Roll Tide Nation is counting this as a Bama win. Well, we're just a month away from the opening, whatever you call it, at the uh, MLS soccer stadium here. What do you call it? The opening kick, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and, of course, the uh, fighting C's, the St. Louis Fighting C's are going to be uh, debuting. We have our sports insider on the line. What do you expect of this soccer club this year, John? Yeah, I think the uh, soccer club's going to, you know, I think they're going to go out there. They're going to score some goals. They're going to get some some big saves, some excellent ball control. I think it's going to be all about possession mm-hmm. for the St. Louis football club this year. And, yeah, you know, I, I like their chances. Expansion team. I think they got a roster to really compete in the MLS without a question. That's a good little word salad there, wasn't it? That's an acorn rolling very close to the trunk of the tree is what that two, was. Two words, Michael. Ball, possession. No one no one in the association, the league, does it better. You want to predict the score of the first game? Your father has I guess already they were playing, yeah, we're playing yeah, Austin. I, I, 
I think it's gonna it's gonna be two one with goals. Uh, St. Louis coming out on top with goals in the forty second and seventy first minute. Take that to the bank. <laughs> That's our sports insider. We need to step aside when we come back. The topic's gonna get a little more serious. The special police unit in um, in Memphis has been disbanded. Is that a good idea? We'll discuss it after this on and Hancock and Kelly. Each time I find myself. I'm Dakota Hudson. I'm Jordan Hicks. I'm Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty. I'm Tommy Edmond. I'm Cardinals outfielder Jordan Walker. I'm Paul Dion. I'm Woodson Contreras. I'm Adam Wainwright. And you're listening to the voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. Hey, welcome back to the Hancock and Kelly Show. And John, it was just, uh, well, it was just this past weekend on Friday, the release of the Tyree Nichols' uh, beating uh, video from Memphis came out. Uh, boy, just uh, turned your stomach. Uh, unbelievable uh, that, um, that 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 would that even happened. Um, I've never and went seen on for like as it. long as it did. Well, you know, and I'm I go into these things prepared to want to support the police. You want to believe that the police are going to, you know, be professional about what they do, and they almost always are. And, you know, I, as we watched that live on Friday night, at least I did, Georgiana and I did, you didn't see much on the on the body camera footage. You, you could hear things and, you know, they. The, but the first flag for me was the traffic stop itself because the cops came into that with, you know, they were had an attitude. They were hot. And the young man clearly, he was speaking very clearly, it didn't, it didn't appear to be on any kind of drugs or alcohol. Right. He may have been, I don't know, but he certainly didn't appear that way, and he was speaking very clearly. And they they pulled him out of that car, and they started pepper spraying him. They tried to tase him, all uncalled for, in my opinion. Right. And, you know, that in and of itself is, you know, whatever. But then they track him down, and, and, the, and but that pole camera, thank right. goodness for that pole camera, because it captured everything. And... It was horrific. It just, you know, inexplicable why, how, how they could do that. There was no supervisor on the ground. That was a mistake. Right. And it just went on and on. They kicked him at least twice in the head. They hit him at least twice with a baton. They punched him four times right. when he was handcuffed uh, and then dragged him over to the car and, and left him unattended. It was uh, horrific. And you know, there's no defending it. I've not heard anyone attempt to defend that police behavior. Uh, I think that is certainly the exception rather than the rule, but that makes no difference to Tyree Nichols' family. But um, it was horrible. What's happened since, they had a special unit. These five officers were part of the Scorpion Task Force. What a horrible name, by the way. Well, it stands, it's an acronym for, say, secure, whatever it is, neighborhoods. And it's a special task force that many cities have, including our own, that send teams of officers plain closed in unmarked cars into high crime areas and they go and they ferret out the criminals and um, my understanding is that that unit in Memphis met with wild success early on they they found all kinds of fentanyl and guns and you know they stopped a lot of bad activity in that city uh and i think those kinds of units you know, call it community policing. They're in the community. They're in the high crime areas. The police are there. They're not patrolling in a, in a marked police car. 
uh, but they're there. And they've now disbanded that unit in Memphis. I think that is a mistake. Well, and your thought, uh, why? Explain why. So you've got, you had five bad officers there. And perhaps you had two bad officers and three who followed along. I mean, who knows? It doesn't, that should not condemn an entire unit, police unit. Right. And you've got to look at the track record of that unit. And they have had a great deal of success. Uh, one of the things, too, that, that I, a theory of mine. So we're living in an era now where the police are regularly denigrated. Sometimes it's well-deserved, as this case. But they're regularly denigrated. They're not paid particularly well anywhere. And uh, you've got fewer and fewer people going into public safety. Right. And so what the, what happens if you've got slots to fill and you've got fewer people to fill them, it only stands to reason that the quality of the people that are filling those spots is not what you would want that uh, it to be. And right. I think that may have played a factor in this. Yeah. So there's a theory in policing. That's not theory. Statistics show that, what, like 80 percent of the crimes, 70 percent of the crimes are committed by a certain subsect of Two percent. Yeah. Two percent mm-hmm. of the folks. And so these types of SWAT groups, scorpion groups, whatever they are, go in and, you know, tech, uh, they're, they're supposed to have directives to be looking for particular individuals, et cetera, et cetera. How this young man ever got caught up into any of this is beyond me. Yeah, and there likely is more to the story than we know. Uh-huh. Uh, most certainly there's more to the story than we know. But there can be no addition to that story at all that will, would justify yeah, the no. beating that took place. Well, exactly. And, you know, everything that's come out about this this uh, Tyree Nichols since, I mean, he was a photographer, he was a skateboarder for, you know, at least from the story that's being told by the family the and, uh, and others is that, the, you know, this this was a really, you know, an okay kid. And how he got caught up with this group, because these these types of SWAT groups are typically, you know, they, they just don't go willy-nilly into communities and start grabbing people. Right. They typically have direct orders of who they're looking for, someone who'd been involved in some gang or drug activity. And one of the one of the benefits of having these non-uniformed police officers in unmarked cars is that they can be witnesses to crimes happening in the street at the time. Right. And, you know, when you disband that unit, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think the, the crime problem that exists in our urban core in this country is profound. We certainly feel it in St. Louis here. But I don't think we're necessarily unique in that regard, and I, you need to give you need to give law enforcement as many tools as possible, and law enforcement needs to exercise and utilize those tools responsibly. That didn't happen here, yeah, and it so, it needs to. You surprised that uh, things were as peaceful as they were on Friday night? I mean, after I watched that video, I I don't know about you, but my stomach was, it was just sick, tor- turned, yeah. Um, and uh, in fact, I had to I had to change the channel. I felt guilty that I I couldn't deal with it anymore. Uh, I was just disgusted over the whole thing. Were you surprised with, by the reaction, not only in Memphis, but around the country? It seems to have been relatively peaceful. Yes and no. Um, I mean, certainly violence was a possibility there. And there was a lot of people who, when the when the video was released at 6 o'clock Central Time on a Friday night, going into a weekend, a lot of people questioned that decision on, on the part of the city of Memphis and the police department of Memphis. But... When you look at these other, the George Floyd protests, for example, um, some of the other protests that have taken place, they have taken place in an environment where 
and nobody had been charged with anything. The police officers appeared like they were going to get away with it. And they, and videos of the uh, incident were not released in a timely fashion. Well, none of that happened here. The officers were fired almost immediately without pay. Then they were charged with second-degree murder and other charges that could end them in jail for the rest of their lives. And and then the video, after the family got to view the video, then the video was released to the public. So everything a protester would be demanding uh, had been satisfied. Uh, now, you could still certainly protest the existence of police violence. It was real here. But I think that in terms of having actual violent eruptions, this particular situation, in my opinion, was just different. Uh, so by canceling the Scorpion unit, is it almost a, a, an admission that maybe these ty- this type, this particular program uh, may have been beyond its scope? I mean, there's lots of calls on, uh, you know, having the police chief resign. Why single out this particular unit? I mean, this could have been any officer, right? It could have, but it wasn't. And uh, and this was a unit that, and and let's let's just be real for a minute. When you're sending officers into the highest crime areas, you know, they probably don't often interact with the public by saying, "Sir, please step out of your car." I mean, you know, they. they I would imagine that most of the interactions that those officers have with citizens given the the jobs they're doing and where they're doing them are not pleasant things to to hear you know the dialogue back and forth and so forth and and so they that's why you know this thing started off in a bad way uh by the police perhaps assuming that Mr. Nichols was another one of the gang members that they were charged with ferreting out and mm-hmm. and he clearly was not well, it was an unbelievable evening Friday night, um, and uh, boy, the consequences continue to come. Two more officers fired f- today. I think that takes the total to seven officers. Well, and, then, and there's EMS workers as well. And EMS, yeah, been... that was kind of interesting. The guy was not interesting, it was sad. The guy was all propped up against the car, and they were, you know, tr- weren't really Yeah, I want to know more about that. Um, you know, the, the EMS worker it has to be assured of their safety before uh-huh. they can go in and treat. But it did seem like an inordinately long period of time before they actually stepped in and began to administer uh, remediation to Mr. Nichols. And, you know, the whole thing, and who knows what the police were telling them. You know, he's on drugs, he's on PCP right. or whatever, and, you know. And, um, and you know, I also found it interesting, the police in the footage saying he tried to grab my gun you know, and he's he's definitely high on something. And and one of the commentators said that that's very common when you're wearing a body camera, that uh, you begin to plant those narratives on tape, so that in case you do get charged with something, you've got that to fall back on. I don't know if that's true, but I found that interesting. Well, I didn't see any of that going on. Uh, I just saw him ripped out of the car, and then then it was you know just just a sickening display. Well, that's uh, what's been going on in Memphis. Hey, John, they're dropping like flies in Hollywood. We lost another one. We're losing all these uh, great old actors from some of the shows that we all loved. We'll talk about it after this on KMOX. Now, back to Late Night with Hancock and Kelly. I love it at night. On KMOX.
great shows of my youth. I loved it. Yeah. I know. I didn't remember it when it was on regular television. Yeah, on reruns. Uh-huh. Channel 11. Well, there you go. I used to run it along with Happy Days. Right. I think this is a spinoff of Happy it Days. It is a spinoff. Isn't it? Yes, it is. So was Joni Loves Chachi. Joni Loves Chachi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chachi. Well, he's still around somewhere, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's indeed. real popular. <laughs> Cindy Williams passed, of course, with uh, um, the other, uh, she was the the director. Yeah, yeah, big time. Uh, The actress uh, that played. uh, Come on, how do we not know She played Laverne, or Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall, yeah. The director, she's already passed, and now Cindy Williams is gone. Uh, But that's not the only uh, nostalgic television show loss that we had. Yeah, I used to love 24. Remember the, remember the concept of twenty four. Yeah, they, well, it was a every hour, hour was a different show, and yeah. every minute of a one day. So the season was every minute of a one full day. Yeah, and lots 24. of things happened to Keith Sutherland in yes. twenty four hours. And in a couple right? of those seasons, back in two thousand nine and ten, uh, his sidekick was uh, Renee. Uh, played by St. Louis actress Annie Wershing, who grew up in Webster Groves. She was in a lot of things. She was in Bosch. Uh, uh, she did some work in the Star Trek genre. She appeared in a lot of shows as a guest, often a villain. Um, Annie Worshing had three lovely young boys, and uh, unbeknownst to anyone, she was diagnosed with cancer back in 2020. She never said anything about it. She kept working. Mm-hmm. And she passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 45 from breast cancer. Wow. Two years younger than me. Her mother had passed away from breast cancer. We, You and I interviewed her on KMOX in 2013, and I made the mistake of asking about her mother, and she said she just passed away. And I knew her from the 2011 playoffs. I was sitting in the Bush Stadium, and in the seat next to me was none other than Annie Wershing. Is that right? Rooting for the card. A huge Were you in my fan. seats? Uh, no, these no. were. Uh, I was with Ray Wagner. Oh, me now, yeah. And so she was sitting right next to me with some friends or, or whatever, and uh, she actually named her second son Ozzy. That's how that's how big of a of a Cardinal fan she was, and just a delightful woman and a great person, a great ambassador for St. Louis. There's a GoFundMe page that's been set up for her, her kids. You know, you think about actors being you know wealthy, uh, most are not, right. And, uh, you know, if you're not working, you're not earning. And so, uh, you know, there is, the, I'm sure you, you know, can find it on Twitter. Uh, there is a, a GoFundMe page for Annie Worshing's three children. Yeah. And so there's these shows that have become a part of our lives. 24, everybody kind of knows a reference to 24, even if you haven't seen the program. I, I was familiar with it. Uh-huh. Of course, Learning Shirley, I, w- I wasn't around for it, but saw all the reruns of it. And you think about Cheers and... Uh, Seinfeld and all these great shows, but now that everything's going to streaming, I wonder if television shows and sitcoms in particular sitcoms, will yeah. have the same impact uh, in society that that they've had on all of us. I mean, our, our producer Matt Pajeski was just telling us that you know he looks at the the, the early two thousands as kind of nostalgic for him, and <laughs> I don't even know what was on. <laughs> oh, there was some good stuff in the early uh, The Office. Yeah. Uh, Modern Family. The Simpsons. Uh, Simpsons have been on for almost 40 years, I think. Have they really? And and the sitcom is not dead. I mean, you've got Curb Your Enthusiasm that's oh, fairly recent. Best. But yeah. Uh, Arrested right. Development. Uh, but they've all gone to streaming services or Netflix or Hulu or right. the, whatever they all are. And uh, certainly the network sitcom, the ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox sitcom. Oh. 
uh, is likely a thing of the past. And that's kind of sad. I was a huge Modern Family fan. Yeah. Great show. But couldn't it, could it also be because we didn't have the amount of inventory of stuff to watch? What amazes me is I've got three or four of these streaming services, yeah. two of them, which I probably don't even need. Right. And I don't know which one that is, but yeah, we all have those. We have streaming services and, you know, some of them you, you, you rarely check, right? And But the amount of content... Mm-hmm. That is out there now that you can consume. Old and new. Old oh, yeah. And new. Yeah. That you can consume. Boy, it is a it is a viewer's paradise. I often think about my grandfather who was paralyzed for the last 30 years of his life. Wow. He lost the uh, use of his right side of his body. Yeah. But anyway, Stroke. you know, he, yeah, he would watch Cardinal games. And, you know, that was when they'd run the Cardinal games from the night before during the daytime. Uh-huh. So you could watch the same right. game. There was nothing on. And and now I think about him all the time, thinking, by lord, the amount of stuff he'd have had to watch. Yeah, but you'd have to go figure out how to. <laughs> yeah, <remote> right. It. <laughs> but but you know the the idea of appointment television, over. It's gone. Well, it's sport. It's and, the only appointment television that's left. And and um, and people just the, that behavior going every Sunday night and watching Mash. Right. You know, and it just, that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, I remember not too very long ago when my kids were little, it was um, um, not The Voice, the first one. Oh, uh, American Idol. American Idol. Yeah. You know, we would watch that every week and we'd cheer for the people that we liked, you know, and, and but that just doesn't really exist anymore. And you can get just about anything you want on the streaming services. You don't have to sit through a bunch of commercials. It's kind of nice. And and if you just, or you could simply tape your favorite shows and watch them when you want, and you could zip through the commercials. You know, there's really only three shows that I um, record on regular television that's not sport to watch anymore. One's this uh, local show. I don't know if you've heard of it. Hancock and Kelly. It's yeah, like 8.30 yeah, yeah. on Sunday mornings. <laughs> it's a good show. Fox 2 in St. Louis. Yeah. 60 Minutes. I, do I, think 60 I, I, I watch 60 Minutes, usually uh, every Sunday, especially after football games. They lost me. I'll tell you where they lost me. Where they lose? They did that fluff piece on Kim Gardner a few years ago. Yeah. Remember that? Right. And, you know, and, it, and when you see something like that, it, it kind of, for me, yeah, it, it calls all of their credibility into question. It really jades things. And, and then the, the other one, Saturday Night Live. Now, you, do you still watch Saturday Night Live occasionally? I haven't watched it in years. Oh, I, th- I still think they're extremely talented. Yeah. Folks, and it's always fine, kind of fun because you and I keep up with the news, and anybody who listens to KMOX is obviously a news consumer as well. Uh, you know, and they they do the make fun of the news, and you know, it still has that nostalgic feel, but taking place in in, in present day. Yes, I guess I guess uh, Saturday Night Live probably started the year you were born, right? Nineteen seventy-five. Yeah, I think that right. was their first year on the air, and that's a. That's one of the longest-running shows in television history. Yeah, I think what well, it has to be 60 Minutes or the Today Show has to be the longest. Today Show's the longest. Meet the Press is quite is long it? as well, yeah. Boy, um, I, I think the Today Show that's fallen, huh? might be the longest-running show on tele- in television history. Yeah, do you watch any of the Sunday programs, other shows other than Hancock um, and Kelly? Well, so we're there. Yeah. You know, so we have to get to the studio a little bit early because figure out what the heck we're going to talk about. Right, right, right. And then we tape the show, and then you get in the car and you drive home, and I usually make a stop on the way home. Um, <clears throat> grab a little breakfast for the bride and myself. Is that right? I do. Yeah. And so you Arby's. Know, I don't get... Uh, you know, they have the meats there. Yeah, no, that's not what for breakfast, though. Oh, well, what do you get you don't for breakfast meat for on a breakfast. Sunday morning? What would you pick up on the way home? A sausage, which I guess is meat. <laughs> <laughs> From Hardee's? Well, it could be, I, you know, I like to mix it up, Michael. I'm a man of Have you the, ever been to Wendy's? 
For breakfast? Yeah. No. They have these uh, French toast sticks that yeah. everybody says is the greatest thing is that, that right? made by any fast food restaurant. I, I don't think I've got a Wendy's anywhere near me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where there's a Wendy's around me. You know, they all went belly up some years ago, yeah. but it's been a while ago. I'll tell you, the other thing, Steak and Shake. You can't hardly no, they, find they a Steak and Shake. Anymore. No, they do. There are some. Uh, but they they don't really exist. After last week's uh, visit with Shawn Michael Lyle, I'm not sure we can top it, but we're going to do our best because Shawn Michael Lyle, who's going to give you the news here in about, what, 30 couple seconds? A couple of minutes. A no, couple no. of minutes uh, is going to join us in studio. As he and, does every uh, Monday night he does. when Hancock and Kelly Late Night is yeah. in. And it's always an adventure, and it's always appointment radio here in the Voice of St. Louis. Game away. Face that needs your face, three's company, too.